I think that I think that Pete Carmichael has a very limited vision for how he can get the most out of out of the weapons available to him, and I I don't know that other options would be better, but I can't believe that they would be worse, and that's why I've been you know stumping so hard for hey this guy's got to go because you you can't change the the line, you can't change the receivers or the backs or the quarterback. And the common factor here is Pete Carmichael. The offense was bad last year, and it's gotten worse this season. So at some point, they're going to have to make a change here because it's not going to just get better, which is what Dennis Allen keeps saying in his press conferences. Well, we've got to get better, got to get better. Well, that's not how that works, and that's not how it's going to work. And I just feel like it's inevitable that they're going to have to make a switch on the mic at some point this season. Hey there, and welcome into the Saints Wire podcast. It's Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend, John Sigler. Uh, John, of course, is the managing editor of the Saints Wire. And John, I feel like I'm always happy to talk to you every week. I always look forward to it, but I got to bypass the pleasantries, man, because just judging by your commentary on Saints Wire, on social media, you're you're just this one, this non-competitive loss at home to the Bucks. It's left a mark with you. I can tell. Yeah, man. Look, I... I, I was kicking. I was kicking it Saturday night, uh, just trolling Bucks fans on on Twitter for a solid hour, and then this is what happens. And, and it's like, oh gosh, here, here I, I can't show my face in public. I, I've got to uh, got to lay low for a while. It, it, it was miserable. It, it was a really rough game for the Saints. Uh, really rough game for the Saints offense. But I mean, hey, the, the defense had had their fault. Had their faults. Uh, their hands were dirty in this one too. So it it, it was uh, man, just. Just an ugly game, and uh, we, we've got to break it down, and ju- you know, just like they're doing it in, in the building right now, and uh, see where they can improve. Yeah, and I want to start by kind of your your headline and your post game coverage on Saints Wire, John. Here, here's the headline. It really caught my attention. I think it caught a lot of fans' attention. Derek Carr has been exactly the kind of quarterback his critics warned the Saints about. That was the headline. You took aim at Carr. A lot of people taking aim at Dennis Allen. A lot of people taking aim at Pete Carmichael and his play calling. We'll get into all that, but you are not happy with what you've seen from the quarterback so far, John. Explain. Yeah, man, I've been very critical of Pete Carmichael. Um, you know, especially in the wake in the wake of, of this game, this this uh, four game start, his uh, twenty one games as the play caller here, that going back to last season. But at the end of the day, you know, the the, the quarterback has to make plays, and and uh, Derek Carr has not done that. You know, we saw here this, this was his first game with Alvin Kamara, and he was just panicking and checking it down. Um, I mean, thirteen times, I think it was uh, thirteen catches on fourteen targets is what AK had. Uh, and that's exactly what Derek Carr's critics uh, said he would do is that he doesn't, he doesn't want to throw it uh, deep downfield. He, he wants to get the ball out in a hurry and he, he wants to get it to his, to his uh, receivers underneath and see if they can make something happen. And unfortunately the Bucks did a great job defending Camara uh, and limiting what he was able to do after the catch. And it, it just went nowhere here. And man, you know, some of it has to be the injury Carr downplayed the injury Dennis Allen downplayed the injury after the game. Um, but there were too many off-target throws that we have seen him make before. Um, e- even this season here, uh, like the uh, the shot to Chris Olave d- down, in the, down in the end zone, he put it a step behind him and the DB was able to break up the pass. And that... And, you know, you know, everything that's been said about the injury this week is, oh, there's no mechanical, no structural issues. It's all, it's all pain tolerance. It, it's hard to buy that whenever, you, you know, your, your quarterback is missing, you know, r- routine throws and not stepping up in a big spot when the team needs them to. So, yeah, he, you know, right right now, hey, uh, his his uh, doubters are, are looking pretty, pretty uh, proud of themselves here for calling that. So 
The good news is that it is a long season. Carr has time to turn it around. The, the, the Saints offense has time to figure these things out. Uh, but, you know, it, it's hard to sell a fan base on, on you know, hey, guys, uh, shell, shell out hundreds of dollars for tickets to come and watch your offense put up nine points in, in a divisional uh, matchup here. That, that, that That's a really hard sell for people. Oh, yeah, definitely is. And you know, this is a topic we talked about at length at this time. Last week, we thought Jameis Winston was going to start the game, John. We were wondering about Carr and this injury, and I was saying that I wanted Carr to go and push the play. I wanted him to play in this game. I thought it would be a good look. I thought that the team would like get galvanized around that. I thought it would be a good look for Carr with his new teammates. And so I was kind of – I was applauding him on, you know, on Saturday when it looked like he was going to start, John. I was applauding Carr, right? I was, like, I was glad he was going for it. Uh, now, it did look like he couldn't do the job, though, didn't it? Now, Dennis Allen told us – that or told the media, I should say, that if Carr couldn't do it physically, he wouldn't be out there. But it kind of looked like he was limited for sure. I mean, 3.4 yards per completion. That is such a dismal number. Oh, God, that is so tough. That made it easy on the Bucks, right? Uh, so I wanted to applaud him for being out there. But, you know, it did look like he was hurt. And then you also have to wonder, like, would Jameis have been much better in this ball game, right? Based on what we saw from him at the end of the game, John, it was just like classic Jameis coming in and throwing an immediate pick. Yeah, you know, uh, based off what we saw in this game, no, because <laughs> I mean, Jameis went in and was immediately intercepted, and it's just like, ah, gosh, we we, we don't have any options here. We don't, there's nowhere else to turn, and that that's kind of why I've been so critical of Pete Carmichael because he's the only you know factor in this equation that can be changed. You know, Derek Carr cannot be benched right now. You know, if, if he if he's healthy, he, there's no taking him off the field. You know, between his contract status and, you know, the lacking of re- real options behind him, you know, including Jameis Winston and Jay Kaner whenever he gets back, Carr isn't going anywhere until 2025 at the soonest. And so that can't change. Okay, what about the offensive line? Well, they actually had a good game this week. And uh, Trevor Penning uh, had his best game of the year, I would say. So the O line, not much can be done there. The, the receive the receivers, I, I question how much of it is on them. You, you know, Chris Olave is too talented to finish a game with one catch for four yards. Um, there has to be something else going on there, whether it's the play calling, the the uh, decisions with him. Something so, that feels like there's something out of his control at that point. You know, Michael Thomas. I was I was talking about this on social media. You know. Hey, ha, ha, how many slant routes do you think Michael Thomas has run this year? Ten. Ten slant routes in four games. That that comes to us from from a Nick Underhill at New Orleans Stop Football who goes and charts these things each week. Um, that kind of gets to the root of the problem here with Pete Carmichael. He's not putting his players in a position to succeed. He, he's not letting Michael Thomas run, you know, his signature route whenever the Saints need three yards or five yards. It's not. It's not there. It's not happening. Um, Chris Olave is not being given opportunities downfield like, like he should be. Um, Rashid Shahid, you know, his biggest play <laughs> was a uh, an end around uh, jet sweep that they got, got got blown out because the defense saw it coming. Like, th- and th- this is my issue here. Like, I think that P- I think that Pete Carmichael has a l- very limited vision for how he can get the most out of out of the weapons available to him, and I I don't know that. Other options would be better, but I can't believe that they would be worse. And that's why I've been, you know, stumping so hard for, hey, this guy's got to go because you, you can't change the the line. You can't change the receivers or the backs or the quarterback. And the common factor here is Pete Carmichael. The offense was bad last year and it's gotten worse this season. So 
at some point they're going to have to make a change here because it's not going to just get better, which is what Dennis Allen keeps saying in his press conferences. Well, we've got to get better, got to get better. Well, that's not how that works, and that's not how it's going to work. And I just feel like it's inevitable that they're going to have to make a switch on the mic at some point this season. Yeah, it it does sound like that's coming. Here's actually, you know, D.A. was asked specifically about this, John. Here's what he said postgame. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, primarily it it goes to execution. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's, you know, look, it's frustrating because we, we, you know, we're going to have to score points to win games. And um, so far it hadn't been good enough. So we've got to figure that out. Well, look, I, I think there's when you when you get beat like that. I mean, you know, you got to look at it all. You know, uh, I mean, um, if you just said it was all on the execution, then then that would look like a, a freaking cop out, right? You know, um, so I think we've got to be better in a lot of areas. All right, so that's Da saying he's gonna they're gonna look at everything. He starts by saying it's execution, John, and then he kind of. He kind of retreats a little bit after he's pressed on a little bit more. He's like, oh, you, you're, you're right. Maybe that's a cop out. I kind of like that. Good for the, you know, the Saints media pushing back on that a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if you're going to evaluate everything, if you're going to make some changes, the play caller is obviously, um, you know, a hot seat right now. The fans are, are they want it. And you have to be looking at how the offense is performing and, and think, okay, if we're going to make a change, maybe this is it. Is it Ronald Curry? Like, what's it going to be? But third down, John, to your point, you know, not utilizing guys and what they do well on third down, that's been a big sticking point for the Saints this season. They're converting at a, a lesser rate than last year. It's not the worst in the league, but they're this year they're, they're at 38.3%. It's down from last year, ranks 18th in the league. But one stat I find interesting with the Saints offense right now, third downs per game, not percentage. Just how many third downs do you face a game? 15 on the dot. 15 for the Saints. Fifth highest in football. And the uh, offenses that are around them aren't good. Kind of in their same ballpark right now, right? You're getting to third down as often as anybody in football through these first four weeks. And you're struggling to convert. You're you're less than 40% conversion. So that right there tells you that's a tough recipe for success. Never mind the fact that you're struggling to put players in you know, position to succeed on those money downs, right? So all of that just translates to a to an issue, an issue in a struggling offense. And then, you know, what what's the next what do they do, John? Is it Ronald Curry? Like what how do they fix that? How do they it's just one of those things where, hey guys, it's okay to get a first down on first down, right? You you can gain more than 10 yards on first or second down too. That's totally uh, that's that's allowed in the NFL. Yeah, you know, the, the Saints, they're setting themselves up for failure here. And it's the same thing we saw last year. You know, last season, they led the league in run, run, pass, punt sequences. Uh, no, 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 no one had more three and outs. No, uh, no one had a higher run rate, run, you know, rate on first and second down than the Saints did last year. And obviously the approach has changed this year because, you know, they're wanting Derek Carter to throw and they're funneling, you know, targets uh, through him. And they're, they're trying to change, but it's a different process, but it's getting the same result where you're, you know, you're having incomplete pass sack, incomplete, incomplete pass punt or whatever it may be. They're having too many negative plays. They're losing too much yardage and they're, they're setting themselves up for failure. You know, every third down is if if it's not a long distance third down, then they're making it a long distance play by, by sending all four receivers a streaking downfield with no with nobody to throw throw to at the sticks, and it, it, it's like it's all or nothing on every down, and and 
it's 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 so frustrating to watch. I mean, we, we saw here on Sunday against the Bucks, they were down 11 points, and it felt like they were down 30 points because that, that's just an insurmountable challenge for them. Uh, it, it's frustrating to watch. Some change has to happen. You know, my pick would would be Ronald Curry. He's called the offense in the preseason each of the last two years. Um, all the all the team has done, all, all the coaches and players have done, is talk about how how, how bright he is and how intelligent this guy is and how valuable he is, you know, helping game plan for opponents and making uh, adjustments in game. And it's like, okay, at what point do you give him a larger role before someone hires him away so they can do it? Um, but, you know, right now, uh, DA said Monday that they're not making any coaching changes. They're, 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 it's it's too soon for that is, is how he put it. Um, but it, it's just really hard to believe that <laughs> whenever the offense is performing so poorly and there, there's, you know, little optimism, no, little reason to believe it's going to get better against a very talented uh, Patriots defense here, here on Sunday. Yeah. And, and what do you think about the players, John? They're they're what they think about this, right? Because Alvin Kamara didn't seem happy in in the post game. You know, I guess they some reporters got him at his locker and he uh, he was candid. He, he didn't say anything too crazy. Right. But he said, you know, we've got to have some conversations about something because I don't like losing. Right. And he seemed a little dejected. And it's like, you know. Here comes Kamara. He's been sitting out the first three weeks he's been watching. He comes in. He's kind of involved in the offense. You know, he was a big part of the game plan, although they the offense still didn't get any traction, although he did catch 13 balls in the ball game, right? It's, it is crazy. But Kamara saying, we've got to have conversations about something. Uh, so the Saints players go into that locker room after the game, John, and they know the offense isn't moving right, right? They know that the problem is the offense, not the defense. Like, they all know it. So you wonder, well, like what the players are saying internally, how they're feeling, and if the coaches have their attention, and and you know, they're the players are buying what they're selling. You know what I mean? Look, no one is more aware of these struggles than play than the players on the team and guys like Camara who have been here and seen how you know they they've seen the heights that this offense can reach. You, you, you know, he was referring in, in in that in that quote, which was you know shared from uh, New Orleans Stuff Football's uh, Nick Underhill, Brooke Kirchhofer, that crew. Uh, what he said was, "Hey, man, for the, for these last two years, we we've been in a bit of a roll, bit of bit of a lull, bit of a rut here. Um, I don't like losing, and we got to have some we got to have some uh, tough conversations about that. And what happened two years ago? Drew Brees left this team, and he kind of took the magic with him because Sean Payton couldn't couldn't get it done without Drew Brees, and the Saints have not been able to get it done without either of them. And you know, obviously, Derek Carr is not Drew Brees." Um, but like like we mentioned earlier, the only thing that can realistically change here is the play caller and his, his tendencies. And unless Pete Carmichael can you know dramatically adjust and shake up uh, what he does in different situations in games, uh, I just don't have any optimism that it's going to improve. And they can say that well, we need to execute better and we need to get better all they want, but that doesn't really accomplish anything. And if, if you're Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, it, you're you're not going to get it. And I wish them well. I hope I hope it doesn't um, blow up into something more dramatic than than AK, you know, commenting to some reporters at his locker. Um, but man, they, they they have got to start feeling some kind of a sense of urgency. Yeah, good stuff as always from John on Saints Wire post game. Again, that headline if you want to go find it. The Saints have been trying to make Carr someone he's not, and we're seeing those limitations. Now and John has commentary about Pete Carmichael. He has commentary on Dennis Allen. All of that. Uh, so go check out the coverage as always on Saints Wire. 
John and I will be right back to talk Pat's Saints. But first, here's some fantasy advice for week five. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number five. Quarterback Matthew Stafford, Los Angeles Rams versus Philadelphia Eagles. First of all, be sure to check on Stafford's status, but the hip bruise he suffered last week isn't expected to keep him out of action. While the Eagles certainly may force a turnover or two, this defense has given up the fifth most passing yards and third most aerial touchdowns thus far, and only a pair of passes have been intercepted. There's a strong chance LA has to pass all day long to keep up, and there's also an outside shot of Cooper Cup returning. Running back James Conner, Arizona Cardinals versus Cincinnati Bengals. Connor should shake off last week's letdown versus a stout San Francisco defense by facing a reeling Bengals coming to town. Only five teams have allowed more rushing yards than Cincinnati, and it's a neutrally ranked 18th in rushing touchdown efficiency against. The matchup is awful for pass-catching backs, but that really hasn't been Connor's role in 2023. On the ground, consider him a quality running back too. Wide receiver Wandale Robinson, New York Giants at Miami Dolphins. Robinson is about the only thing in this passing game worthy of some attention at this point, and it's really little more than a PPR concession for a handful of garbage time points, especially due to bye weeks. But that's strong enough to get him into some lineups. In his two games back from last year's ACL tear, the slot receivers managed to snare 9 of 11 targets, only for 61 yards, but he did rush another time for 7. Fortunately for the Giants, Miami's defense has only 10 sacks on the year, which is one fewer than Seattle tallied against New York last week alone. Tight end Dalton Schultz, Houston Texans at Atlanta Falcons. We finally saw some signs of life from the former Dallas Cowboy by locking his first touchdown as a Texan last Sunday, although it came on a halfback pass. Schultz remains somewhat risky given that three of his games with C.J. Stroud have resulted in lineup anchors for fantasy football purposes, and even the week four touchdown came on just three targets landed for 42 yards. Atlanta returns from a drubbing in London to present Schultz a stellar matchup. The Falcons are the second easiest opponent to exploit for receptions, number eight for yardage allowed, and the position has scored every other game so far. Expect Schultz to keep it going for a second week in a row. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Hey there, and welcome into the Saints Wire podcast. It's Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend John Sigler. Uh, John, of course, is the managing editor of the Saints Wire. And John, I feel like I'm always happy to talk to you every week. I always look forward to it, but I got to bypass the pleasantries, man, because just judging by your commentary on Saints Wire on social media, you're you're just this one, this non-competitive loss at home to the Bucks. It's left a mark with you. I can tell. Yeah, man. Look, I. I, I was kicking. I was kicking it Saturday night, uh, just trolling Bucks fans on on Twitter for a solid hour, and then this is what happens. And, and it's like, oh gosh, here, here I, I can't show my face in public. I, I've got to uh, got to lay low for a while. It, it, it was miserable. It, it was a really rough game for the Saints. Uh, really rough game for the Saints offense. But I mean, hey, the, the defense had, had their fault. Had their faults. Uh, their hands were dirty in this one too. So it it, it was uh, man, just. Just an ugly game, and uh, we, we've got to break it down, and ju- you know, just like they're doing it in, in the building right now, and uh, see where they can improve. Yeah, and I want to start by kind of your your headline and your post game coverage on Saints Wire, John. Here here's the headline. It really caught my attention. I think it caught a lot of fans' attention. Derek Carr has been exactly the kind of quarterback his critics warned the Saints about. That was the headline. You took aim at Carr. A lot of people taking aim at Dennis Allen. A lot of people taking aim at Pete Carmichael at his play calling. We'll get into all that, but you are not happy with what you've seen from the quarterback so far, John. Explain. Yeah, man, I've been very critical of Pete Carmichael. Um, you know, especially in the wake in the wake of, of this game, this this uh, four game start, the, the, his uh, twenty one games as the play caller here, that going back to last season. But at the end of the day, you know, the the, the quarterback has to make plays, and and uh, Derek Carr has not done that. You know, we saw here this, this was his first game with Alvin Kamara, and he was just 
panicking and checking it down. Um, I mean, 13 times, I think it was uh, 13 catches on 14 targets is what AK had. Uh, and that's exactly what Derek Carr's critics uh, said he would do is that he doesn't, he doesn't want to throw it uh, deep downfield. He, he wants to get the ball out in a hurry and he, he wants to get it to his, to his uh, receivers underneath and see if they can make something happen. And unfortunately the Bucks did a great job defending Camara uh, and limiting what he was able to do after the catch. And it, it just went nowhere here. And man, you know, some of it has to be the injury Carr downplayed the injury. Dennis Allen downplayed the injury after the game. Um, but there were too many off-target throws that we have seen him make before, um, e- even this season. E- here, uh, like the uh, the shot to Chris Olave d- down in the down in the end zone, he put it a step behind him, and the DB was able to break up the pass. And that, and you know, you know everything that's been said about the injury this week is oh, there's no mechanical, no structural issues. It's all, it's all pain tolerance. It, it's hard to buy that whenever you, you know you're. you're quarterback is missing you know routine throws and not stepping up in a big spot when the team needs him to so yeah you know right right now hey uh, his his uh, doubters are are looking pretty pretty uh, proud of themselves here for calling that so the good news is that it is a long season Carr has time to turn it around the the, the saints offense has time to figure these things out uh but you know it, it's hard to sell a fan base on on you know, hey guys, uh, shell, shell out hundreds of dollars for tickets to come and watch your offense put up nine points in, in a divisional uh, matchup here. That, that that that's a really hard sell for people. Oh yeah, definitely is. And you know, this was a topic we talked about at length at this time last week. We thought Jameis Winston was going to start the game, John. We were wondering about Carr and this injury, and I was saying that. I wanted Carr to go and push the play. I wanted him to play in this game. I thought it'd be a good look. I thought that the team would like get galvanized around that. I thought it would be a good look for Carr with his new teammates. And so I was kind of I was applauding him on you know on Saturday when it looked like he was gonna start, John. I was applauding Carr, right? I was like, I was glad he was going for it. Uh now it did look like he couldn't do the job though, didn't it? Now Dennis Allen told us that or told the media, I should say, that if Carr couldn't do it physically, he wouldn't be out there. But it kind of looked like he was limited for sure. I mean, 3.4 yards per completion. That is such a dismal number. Oh, God, that is so tough. That made it easy on the Bucks, right? Uh, so I wanted to applaud him for being out there, but, you know, it did look like he was hurt. And then you also have to wonder, like, would Jameis have been much better in this ball game, right, based on what we saw from him at the end of the game, John? It was just like classic Jameis coming in and throwing an immediate pick. Yeah, you know, uh, based off what we saw in this game, no, because... <laughs> I mean, Jameis went in and was immediately intercepted, and it's just like, ah, gosh, we we, we don't have any options here. We don't, there's nowhere else to turn, and that that's kind of why I've been so critical of Pete Carmichael because he's the only you know factor in this equation that can be changed. You know, Derek Carr cannot be benched right now. You know, if, if he if he's healthy, he, there's no taking him off the field. You know, between his contract status and you know the lacking of re- real options behind him, you know, including Jameis Winston and Jay Kaner, whenever he gets back, Carr isn't going anywhere until 2025 at the soonest. And so that can't change. Okay. What about the offensive line? Well, they actually had a good game this week and uh, Trevor Penning uh, had his best game of the year, I would say. So the O-line, not much can be done there. The, the receive the receivers, I, I question how much of it is on them. You, you know, Chris Olave is too talented to finish a game with one catch for four yards. Um, there has to be something else going on there, whether it's the play calling, the the uh, decisions with him. Something so, that feels like there's something out of his control at that point. 
you know, Michael Thomas, I was, I was talking about this on social media, you know, Hey, ha, ha, how many slant routes do you think Michael Thomas has run this year? 10, 10 slant routes in four games. That, that comes to us from, from a Nick Underhill at New Orleans stuff football who, who goes and charts these things each week. Um, and that kind of gets to the root of the problem here with Pete Carmichael. He's not putting his players in a position to succeed. He, he's not letting Michael Thomas run, you know, his signature route whenever the Saints need three yards or five yards. It's not, it's not there. It's not happening. Um, Chris Olave is not being given opportunities downfield like, like he should be. Um, Rashid Shahid, you know, his biggest play <laughs> was a, uh, an end around uh, jet sweep that they got, got, got blown out because the defense saw it coming. Like the, and th- this is my issue here. Like, I-, I think that P- I think that Pete Carmichael has a l- very limited vision for how he can get the most out of out of the weapons available to him. And I, I don't know that other options would be better, but I can't believe that they would be worse. And that's why I've been you know stumping so hard for hey, this guy's got to go because you you can't change the the line, you can't change the receivers or the backs or the quarterback. And the common factor here is Pete Carmichael. The offense was bad last year, and it's gotten worse this season. So at some point, they're going to have to make a change here because it's not going to just get better, which is what Dennis Allen keeps saying in his press conferences. Well, we've got to get better, got to get better. Well, that's not how that works, and that's not how it's going to work. And I just feel like it's inevitable that they're going to have to make a switch on the mic at some point this season. Yeah, it does sound like that's coming. Here's actually, you know, DA was asked specifically about this, John. Here's what he said post game. Look, I mean, obviously, it's you know, primarily it it, it goes to execution, um, and yeah, it's it's you know, look, it's frustrating because we we you know we're going to have to score points to win games, and um, so far it hadn't been good enough. So we've got to figure that out. Do you feel like you got the call in the right place and execution? Like you put more on that. Well, look, I, I think there's. When you, when you get beat like that, I mean, you know, you got to look at it all, you know. Uh, I mean, um, if you just said it was all on the execution, then then that would look like a, a freaking cop-out, right? You know, um, so I think we've got to be better in a lot of areas. All right, so that's DA saying he's gonna, they're going to look at everything. He starts by saying it's execution, John, and then he kind of he kind of retreats a little bit after he's pressed on a little bit more. He's like, oh, you, you're, you're right. Maybe that's a cop-out. I kind of like that. Good for the you know the Saints media pushing back on that a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if you're going to evaluate everything, if you're going to make some changes, the play caller is obviously um, you know a hot seat right now. The fans, are, are they want it. And you have to be looking at how the offense is performing and, and think, okay, if we're going to make a change, maybe this is it. Is it Ronald Curry? Like, what's it going to be? But third down, John, to your point, you know, not utilizing guys and what they do well on third down. That's been a big sticking point for the Saints this season. They're converting at a, a lesser rate than last year. It's not the worst in the league, but they're this year they're they're at thirty eight point three percent. It's down from last year. Ranks eighteenth in the league. But one stat I find interesting with the Saints' offense right now: third downs per game, not percentage. Just how many third downs do you face a game? Fifteen on the dot. Fifteen for the Saints. Fifth highest in football. And the uh, offenses that are around them aren't good, kind of in their same ballpark right now, right? You're getting to third down as often as anybody in football through these first four weeks, and you're struggling to convert. You're, you're less than 40% conversion. So that right there tells you that's a tough recipe for success, never mind the fact that you're struggling to put players in you know position to succeed on those money downs, right? So all of that just translates to a to an issue, an issue in a struggling offense. And then, you know, what what's the next... What do they do, John? Is it Ronald Curry? Like what? 
How do they fix that? How do they, it's just one of those things where, Hey guys, it's okay to get a first down on first down, right? You, you can gain more than 10 yards on first or second down too. That's totally, uh, that's, that's allowed in the NFL. Yeah, you know, the, the Saints, they're setting themselves up for failure here. And it's the same thing we saw last year. You know, last season, they led the league in run, run, pass, punt sequences. Uh, no, 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 no one had more three and outs. No, uh, no one had a higher run rate, run, you know, rate on first and second down than the Saints did last year. And obviously the approach has changed this year because, you know, they're wanting Derek Carr to throw and they're funneling, you know, targets uh, through him. And they're, they're trying to change, but it's a different process, but it's getting the same result where you're, you know, you're having incomplete pass sack, incomplete, incomplete pass punt or whatever it may be. They're having too many negative plays. They're losing too much yardage and they're, they're setting themselves up for failure. You know, every third down is if, if it's not a long distance third down, then they're making it a long distance play by sending all four receivers a streaking downfield with no with nobody to throw throw to at the sticks. And it, it, it's like it's all or nothing on every down, and and it's 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 so frustrating to watch. I mean, we we saw here on Sunday against the Bucks, they were down eleven points, and it felt like they were down thirty points because that that's just an insurmountable challenge for them. Uh, it's frustrating to watch. Some change has to happen. You know, my pick would would be Ronald Curry. He's called the offense in the preseason each of the last two years. Um, all the all the team has done, all, all the coaches and players have done, is talk about how how, how bright he is and how, how intelligent this guy is and how, how valuable he is. You know, helping game plan for opponents and making uh, adjustments in game. And it's like, okay, at what point do you give him a larger role before someone hires him away so they can do it? Um, but you know, right now, uh, DA said Monday that they're not making any coaching changes. They're, 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 it's it's too soon for that, is is how he put it. Um, but it, it's just really hard to believe that whenever the offense is performing so poorly, and there, there's you know little optimism, no, little reason to believe it's going to get better against a very talented uh, Patriots defense here, here on Sunday. Yeah, and, and what do you think about the players, John? They're they're what they think about this, right? Because Alvin Kamara didn't seem happy in in the post game you know i guess they some reporters got him at his locker and he uh he was candid he, he didn't say anything too crazy right but he said you know we've got to have some conversations about something because i don't like losing right and he seemed a little dejected and it's like you know here comes camara he's been sitting out the first three weeks he's been watching he comes in he's kind of involved in the offense so, you know he was a big part of the game plan although they the offense still didn't get any traction Although he did catch thirteen balls in the ball game, right? It is crazy. But Kamara saying we've got to have conversations about something. Uh, so the Saints players go into that locker room after the game, John, and they know the offense isn't moving right, right? They know that the problem is the offense, not the defense. Like they all know it. So you wonder, well, like what the players are saying internally, how they're feeling, and if the coaches have their attention, and and you know, they're the players are buying what they're selling. You know what I mean? Look, no one is more aware of these struggles than play than the players on the team. And guys like Camara, who have been here and seen how you know they, they've seen the heights that this offense can reach, you, you, you know, he was referring in, in, in that in that quote, which was you know shared from uh, New Orleans Stuff Football's uh, Nick Underhill, Brooke Kirchhofer, that crew. Uh, what he said was, "Hey, man, for the, for these last two years, we, we've been in a bit of a roll, bit of bit of a lull, bit of a rut here. Um, I don't like losing, and we got to have some we got to have some uh, tough conversations about that." And 
what happened two years ago? Drew Brees left this team, and he kind of took the magic with him because Sean Payton could couldn't get it done without Drew Brees, and the Saints have not been able to get it done without either of them. And you know, obviously Derek Carr is not Drew Brees, um, but like like we mentioned earlier, the only thing that can realistically change here is the play caller and his, his tendencies. And unless Pete Carmichael can you know dramatically adjust and shake up. Uh, what he does in different situations in games, uh, I just don't have any optimism that it's going to improve. And they can say that, well, we need to execute better and we need to get better all they want, but that doesn't really accomplish anything. And if, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, it, you're, you're not going to get it. And I wish them well. I ho- hope, hope it doesn't um, blow up into something more dramatic than, than AK, you know, commenting to some reporters at his locker. Um, but man, they have got to start feeling some kind of a sense of urgency. Yeah, good stuff is always from John on Saints Wire post game. Again, that headline, if you want to go find it, the Saints have been trying to make Carr someone he's not, and we're seeing those limitations now. And John has commentary about Pete Carmichael. He has commentary on Dennis Allen, all of that. Uh, so go check out the coverage, as always, on Saints Wire. John and I will be right back to talk Pat's Saints. But first, here's some fantasy advice for week five. 